Today, Laurel Bennett joins our podcast. She doesn't often reveal a lot about her in the public, and she was kind enough to come on our show. T-Dubs, Dougie, what did you think about Laurel coming on? I thought it was... I thought it was really cool. I mean, it's the first time I, I had an opportunity to actually talk to her. You know, I've sat behind her at games and, you know, just briefly said hello. Um, this is pretty cool for me. I know it was a little nerve wracking in that we just wanted to represent her properly. I don't know how, I don't know how we did. I felt like we were nervous. Dougie, you nervous? Um, I was very nervous for only the second time in a podcast and people that know me know I don't get very nervous. <laughs> I thought what I thought really came out about it for me personally, as you said, I didn't, I don't know her. I've talked to her two times in my life and I thought she gave really good, concise answers, you know, not elaborate, long planned answers, but we, I learned a lot, you know, and got a lot of insight from the way she responded. But why were we nervous? Why were you guys nervous outside of the fact that we all know she's Tony Bennett's wife? I can't put a finger on it. I try to, I was trying to think of that. Like why, you know, I, when I listened to it again, when I was doing the edit, I was like, we suck. Like, I don't know why I thought that. I was just like, dang it. We botched this, whatever. I don't know. I, maybe it's just because we wanted to do like, make sure, she, you know, she was comfortable or we, I don't know if we were walking on eggshell. I don't know what yeah, it I was. Think, I, I, I don't, I don't know what it was. I'm not, I'm not, not so much nervous as more like excited and different, right? Like you're talking to yeah. a mom. You're talking to the wife of a coach, could be the husband of a coach in the other instance. And so it's a total different perspective than talking to a former basketball player, or present basketball player, which is our wheelhouse, right? Right. So yeah, that's, that's I, probably true. It's a different mentality. I thought, I thought it was our mission was to try to make her, to try to do the story of Laurel Bennett, right? And not Laurel Bennett, wife of Tony Bennett. Right. right? And that was hard. It was because, like, really ultimately, trying to find questions right. that would separate the two of them. And we, and this is a UVA basketball podcast, and our our fanatical brains immediately keep going back to UVA basketball, which is probably um, what a lot of fans do. And I, I don't know if, if that made her feel a certain type of way. I hope it didn't. I mean, we, it was amazing to and the experience. I hope everyone enjoys it, and also knows that was not our. It's not. It's not her fault. It's probably our not oh, our yeah. best. <laughs> not our best nope. performance. <laughs> Absolutely, no question. There were some lulls in between <laughs> answers. <laughs> there were several of those, and just trying to search for like the question where we could get information from her, and she was amazing in answering questions. And she, there's such a calm about her when you meet her when right. you talk to her. It's that's and it, I think it comes across in the podcast. But if it does come across the podcast, she really is that way in person. When it's, called, around, it's called the, uh, it's the southern, it's the southern charm that people like me and Laurel have, Marky. Yeah, I get it from you too, Dougie. Yes, every time <laughs> I'm around you, I don't get to like, oh gosh, what's he gonna say next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was there, a little afraid of myself. There was a little bit of that too, right? It was like she she definitely has a presence that's like calm and collected and like cool, and you can tell the humility definitely just exudes in her. But then. Um, you know, I don't know if us three are like fast talking dudes or whatever, but it just felt like, oh, here comes this contrast in style that it was a little, I don't know. And I think there's also uh, so much respect for her. Yeah. Because definitely. of who she is. Like if I met her in the street in New York and that's who she was, I would have that same level of respect yeah. for her. Or right. anywhere. If right. I met her and had no idea who she was, but when she has this calm, commit, respect, commanding quality about her, it was like, right. wow, she is, this person is so cool. Right. But what I think was really cool is she, she kept trying to tell us, you know, because she's humble, as Mark 
you know, pointed out and made a good point of that she hasn't really done anything because, you know, Tony Bennett's the coach and the players are the player. But what she also brings out in this thing is how many important decisions along their life path she was a huge Fighting, part yeah. of, yeah. if not the best part of. So, you know, she, she's, I thought that was, that was very cool. And interesting. The other cool part was her talking about um, LSU and Abmaho Abdul Rauf, Chris Jackson. That was cool to see her. Like she, she was a basketball head before yeah. all of this. And, uh, oh yeah, and she knew. She knew she understands it. And it's like, I don't think, I don't know. I didn't know that, that, that piece. Yeah, no, you get it. They, they've all, they've also they've, they've also lived right. We all think of of them as Charlottesville residents for the past ten years, but right, you know, their journey meeting in Charlotte, moving to New Zealand, coming back, being in Madison, kids born in Madison, Washington State, then Charlottesville. Like they, I moved around a lot as a kid, so I could identify with that. Her wanting to get out of the cold of Madison, Wisconsin. I'm excited to hear what people say. Like, what are people going to say on the forums and on on Twitter or whatever about uh, this or us? If we, I don't know. That'll, that'll be fun to hear. Yeah. Feel, feel free to shoot us a comment, by the way. <laughs> like, we, it, we, it definitely was not our smoothest podcast, and we, and I think we've gotten a lot better and, and improving continuously. And so, bear with us in this one. Uh, yeah, as my, as my, we had a high school teacher, physics and chemistry, and at the end of every class, he would say comments, questions, or personal abuse. Feel free. <laughs> <laughs> and you and oh yeah and one note for everyone listening doug you had a meeting so you left early so we kind of changed it up a little bit um we, we did the the mount rushmore a little earlier than we normally do um and then we kind of finished so dougie was heavy heavy on the conversation early for that reason so if you're wondering what's going on that's that kind of explains it Laurel Bennett now joins us. Laurel, thanks so much for coming on. Yes, happy to be here. So we're going to start with a, with a, a different question than we typically ask. And our, our yeah, uh, Charles well, Barkley, Dougie. Laurel, <laughs> I'm a couple years younger than um, Coach Bennett, Tony Bennett to you. And so I knew him as an NBA player. And I've also, because I'm UVA, and thank goodness he's our coach, have been able to follow him. He's kind of a famously handsome figure. <laughs> both as a basketball player and a coach. And I'm only curious, is, is there a stick that's involved to beat the people back? Has it changed since being an NBA player and a coach? Or has that been consistent? I'll tell you two things. One, when we were in Washington State, um, they had quite a lot of people who made these T-shirts, ladies, that all said, our coach is hotter than yours. <laughs> it was quite hilarious, but... Um, <laughs> But I usually tell Tony that it's pretty much the ages of 75 to 80 <laughs> who are wise and know, you know, a good man when they see one um, are the ones that actually be attractive. Everybody else is just mesmerized by TV, you know. All right. I'm going to say two things to that. One, on Ty's unofficial visit, I've never seen anything like it where we couldn't walk 300 feet without a girl between eight and a woman to 80 had to stop him and take a picture. And I was like, oh my goodness, this guy is outrageous. This is like a rock star. It truly yeah, was. Have you ever seen um, 
it was a Talladega Nights where Will Ferrell's wife is beautiful and he keeps telling her how ugly she is the whole movie. <laughs> you know, I have that job. <laughs> the other one is, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was saying, I of course think he's cute, very, very cute. Um, and other people seem to share that opinion. So what can you do? Yeah, including some of the girlfriends that I brought to your house on some trips down to Charlottesville, who I think may have been using me just to get an invite to the to get close to him. You say whatever works. <laughs> whatever works, sign them up. Yeah, right. So Laura, you grew up in Louisiana. Born and raised? Baton Rouge. Yep. Born and raised. Baton Rouge. Uh, what did your parents do when you grew when, when you were young? Um, my mom worked for a judge for all of uh, my growing up, like a legal secretary. Um, my dad did a ton of different jobs. He's like a real entrepreneur business type. He's always starting a company before everybody else was starting companies. And he would make a lot of money, lose a lot of money. He was just always in charge of whatever he was, whatever he was doing. He didn't usually have a boss. Um, and he moved a lot. My parents were divorced. So I saw my dad's like weekends, summers and um, holidays and that kind of thing. But yeah. I ask about your parents because if people don't know you and they don't understand how humble you are, right? And it's not just Tony Bennett, but you are one of the most humble people I've ever met. You're very kind to say that. I always think, right on cue. I be humble. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. I'm not doing anything to be. No, it's natural, of course, and it's just who you are, right? It's one of the qualities you have that makes you so special. And is that something that was instilled by your parents at an early age? Um, that's a great question. I mean, I don't think we talked about it. I, you know, it's cool to think back with Tony's life as far as those pillars. You know, he really grew up with that for most of his life, humility being kind of a pillar, at least of the basketball program, and I would imagine as being part of our household, even though we don't have that as like our family principles. They, our kids grow up hearing about that so much. We didn't talk about that. I don't remember, but I mean, I think um, my parents are both humble people. I will say that they are other centered people. So I think actions, you know, speak louder than words. So yeah, I think I learned that from them. So you, you brought, you brought the pillars up, which I think has become so prevalent and famous with Virginia and Virginia basketball, but even bigger, I think a lot of the community respected and kind of at least pretend like I, I can do like three and a half of them. I can't do all five, but I'm, I'm working on it. I have to have that, that helps me remember. T for Tony, T push. That's got all of them in there right there. Thankfulness, passion, unity, servanthood, humility. And so that's, that's, that's part of your household as well, I, I assume, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's just everywhere. We can't get away from it if we tried. So. Well, wait a minute. Now you gave Dougie an opportunity, a, a place where he has to remember them. He didn't want to hear that. He didn't want to be reminded. <laughs> no, I'm, I, can, I can remember them. I'm talking about being able to implement them. The age is hard. Oh, 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 okay. I thought you meant It took me a long time to even remember them, honestly. So much less implement them. But I think, I think, well, I think too, just being from the South, like I'm from the South, Fayetteville, Tennessee, you're from the South, there's a certain, you're not allowed to brag, right? You're not allowed to sort of be, a, it's kind of the way it is. Yes. But Church it's, on Sundays. It's more than that. It's so much more than that when you're around, when I've been around you. I mean, like you're constantly thinking about the people, right? Uh -huh. And that's, and I'm not just, I'm not just, you know, get, just saying stuff just to say it. I'm really not. Um, 
it's really true. You make people comfortable around you and you're giving and you're generous and you're just a really nice person to be around. And I, and I, you know, it's, it's not lip service. It's, it's reality. And I don't mean to put you on the spot and make you feel uncomfortable, but, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's rare. It's, it, well, I don't want to say it's rare, but I mean, you really feel it when you, when someone's around you. And I think your kids have it too. And of course, you know, your husband. So I guess your kids had no choice, right? That's right. They get spanked. <laughs> I, spanking, I have no problem with that. I actually grew up in, the, in Louisiana. So instead of spankings, there were spankings, but my kids grew up and this is no joke. They will be happy to tell you if they would speak badly, then I would make them put a couple of drops of Tabasco on their tongues. <laughs> and I wouldn't let them wash, wash their mouth out for like a minute. <laughs> Did you have to do that, Doug? So, no, I used to get the soap. I used to get, but my, my words weren't even that bad, which is just another story. Well, same thing, just, you know, Cajun twist, Tabasco. <laughs> where, where were your, uh, your two children born? Were they in Washington at the time? Or? Both born in Madison, Wisconsin, which is where we were living at the time. And Tony was with his, working with his dad. Um, okay. So weird to me that my kids were born in Wisconsin, but. <laughs> right. So how did you end up in Charlotte, North Carolina? Uh, kind of random. I had a, I knew a family that lived up there and in my senior year of um, college, I had wanted to go to grad school up in North Carolina. So I thought, well, I'll go up there, stay with them for over Christmas break and see if I can find a job, get residency, then go on to grad school. And so um, I went up there, found a job over Christmas break and um, yeah, moved up there in May and met Tony at the church where I was working with the youth. But that's, that, was, I was, that was my job. So. Were you were you right in Charlotte? I have family in Rock Hill, North Carolina. I was in Charlotte. And what'd you ask me? No, I just I have family in Rock Hill, North Carolina. Oh, so that's all. Yeah, right next to Carowinds and all that stuff. So I know. Oh, yes. right? What was the roller coaster at Carowinds? Do you remember? Oh, I do not remember. I remember I remember um I remember riding it, but I forgot what it was. Yeah. So here's the here's the real here's the real question I think everybody wants to know. Oh, um you met this basketball player at church. Which he probably that's probably like like a cheap a cheap move on his part, but it's a church. What was the pickup line? <laughs> did he like offer you as him? Did he did he try to he, turn your pages to seven sixty eight or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> we he had he had he had gotten scoop uh, that I didn't realize, but he knew I went to LSU, so we actually started talking about LSU basketball. Shaquille O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal, they were both there when I was there. Um, Abdul Mahmoud Rauf in the NBA, but so yep. I saw awesome basketball. So we, yeah, he came, I was handing out programs and he came to get a program and I don't know how he steered it toward LSU basketball, but that was that. Wow. Shaquille, shout out Shaquille, Stanley Roberts and uh, Mahmoud. Twin Towers. <laughs> that was awesome. Chris Jackson was so much fun to watch. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, amazing. He was so good. People don't know how good he was. Really no, the NBA and, and conquering Tourette's. I actually think Tourette's helped him in some way. I mean, that sounds weird, but it was, we have a, a good friend who played basketball at Wake Forest, a girl, um, and she kind of watched him and tried to mimic his game. And she didn't know he had Tourette's, and she actually tried to practice those <laughs> 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 the ticks. Uh, it's funny, a teammate of mine in a former Virginia absolute legend Brian Stith played with him you know BJ's daddy played with him at um Denver 
Okay. So I got to meet him a couple times. But Brian would make Brian's had some interesting stories around that. I'm sure he had. That's a red thing. So. Yeah, I've read, I've read he has to tie his shoes a certain way and like practicing he had to have the net sound a certain way on makes. It wasn't just like making it, like the net had to sound a certain way and some nights he was saying that he he, he would go until like basically his feet were bleeding because the net didn't sound right and he would not leave until it sounded right. And like that's very telling in terms of like how it helped him, right? It looks sort of like OCD. I have to not shoot 300, I have to make 300 and I have to swish 300 and it was just... Yeah. Yeah, he said if it's not a switch, it doesn't count for back in the day, Chris Jackson. So another another cheesy former former basketball player question: um, Were you ever a good rebounder? Oh, the best! <laughs> <laughs> we literally on our honeymoon brought a bag full of basketball gear to work out. We have videos from our honeymoon on an outside basketball court doing ladder drills. I did them also. <laughs> ladder drills and, you know, whatever, footwork and rebounding and, yeah, shooting games. Did he, Did you guys go to a tropical location like Green Bay, Wisconsin for the uh, honeymoon? Something like that? Hawaii. Hawaii. We took that bag all the way. Nice. I, I, I'm going to – this is selfish on me. Um, Jason Williford played with me, and he always tells me how competitive Tony Bennett is. Forget – Forget the basketball games. He's a coach. Of course, he wants to win. Yeah. But he'll tell stories where they'll be at a restaurant and there's a pop shot back in the day. And he said Tony cannot leave until he has Correct. the high score on that pop shot. Sweating, mad, throwing the ball, we've whatever. Been playing, we've been playing spike ball over quarantine. Um, we actually haven't played for a couple of weeks because there's a big family fight. But um, <laughs> we, had to, we had to quit. But Tony's sweating. None of us are sweating. We're, I mean, we're all playing hard because we're all competitive, but Tony is like 100% all he can do. The, the Jay Huff story that I think Dana mentioned about that, you know, recruits come on ping pong on recruiting visits yeah. and they play ping pong. And I mean, Tony's sliding. He's like in defensive stance, sweating and breathing hard. And we, we always tease him just like he can't handle it. <laughs> I, I got I to gotta catch him on the ping pong table because I'm nasty. Oh, yeah? I got to try this yet. Yeah. If he's lefty, though, it's tougher for me. Left handers are tricky. It's a serve. He's got a. We, my our son always tells him it's illegal serves, not fair, but. Right. I, I, know, I know exactly what that is. So the ping pong table in the locker room. Yeah. Was that his idea? <laughs> so he could. No, I think it was. <laughs> That's smart. I heard, I heard there was an epic game once between Tony Bennett and Ty Jerome, actually. Two kind of fairly competitive guys. I have no doubt. I don't yeah. know that story, but yeah, yeah he is yep. ultra competitive. He cards. <laughs> I can only beat him at cards, so I like to play cards. He's still competitive, but he, I can, I can win. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you hear the? Are you watching the Michael Jordan? Oh yeah, I so was just thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. This. Did you hear the story where he talks about how if he lost, he had to stay up and play. He made people stay up and play till he won yeah. or till he controlled. Yeah. Amazing. How about how about him with the ushers or whoever the security? Yeah, guy? yeah, yeah. Um, Pitching pennies, dimes. Pitching dimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually am guilty of doing that, playing board games and making people not leave the leave the room until <laughs> I got a little bit of that in me too. <laughs> yeah. Where did you guys go on your first date? Our first date, we went and saw Shawshank Redemption and Ben and Jerry's. That, that's a hard that's a hard date to beat right there yeah yeah was it like yeah. Were, were you were you hooked at that point 
Well, <laughs> I like to tease Tony that if we wouldn't have seen the best movie of all time, <laughs> the best ice cream of all time, you know, it wouldn't have happened all so fast. But yeah, I mean, I don't know about that night, but it was a great start and it didn't take long. We got married or we got engaged in like three months. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a love at first sight scenario. That's Absolutely. great. What was, what, was the, what was the flavor flavor of ice cream? Ooh, hmm. what would I have gotten? Tony would have gotten chocolate 100%. I actually have no idea what I got. I don't know. <laughs> so before we get into your time and your work as a youth minister and your time with the church, we're going to do, we're going to change the order of, of how we typically go. Okay. And Dougie has a, has a question for you. I'm, I'm gonna put you, I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. This is a hunt. Don't don't forget I'm University of Virginia, 1993, back when um <laughs> we were really really good. Okay. <laughs> and we like to put everybody on the spot, and it's it's your own criteria. It can be who you think's the coolest, the nicest, or the best basketball player. But it's your Virginia basketball Mount Rushmore, Mount all the way back as far as you want, all the way until you want. It's you get you get five though. Okay. So. I like the disclaimer that it's my my things that make it qualify because it's too hard to try to say my favorite people, my favorite basketball players, the best team all together because there's way lots of ways you could go. But I'm just yep. gonna say like the top five people that come to my mind for different reasons. Oh, by the way, if you pause more than six seconds, my face goes up. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, were you number eleven? Yes. Yeah, he was. Yeah, no, that, was, that was an honorable mention right there. Number 11. <laughs> yes. Um, you made honorable mention, Dougie. Yes, yeah. I, I get it. That's, that's, all, that's the best I've ever been. <laughs> um, you have to say Ralph. Everybody has to say Ralph. There's no way you can't say Ralph. Um, yep. And I've told Mark this before, and this is not a joke. Ty Drone is the only player that I've actually gone up to I want to make sure I'm saying I'm right. Definitely while he was here um, that I've gone up to him and been like, you're my favorite guy to watch on the court. I absolutely loved watching Ty play. I'd pick him as point guard just because even if other ones were better, I would never know it. So, um, so yeah, Ty, I'm going to put him in there. Joe, I got to put Joe in there. Um, and let's see. And this is one probably a lot of people don't say, but I thought Mike Scott was awesome. His senior year, he didn't miss, and he has he's endured, you know, in the league. So I'm gonna go with Mike, and who I'll take my other guard. Nice. I don't want to say all the guys while I was here. It didn't seem fair. I mean, I, I guess you're gonna go with Karate or Stiff, unoriginal, but probably. <laughs> you know me well. That's a good list. We've had we've had a couple of Mike Scotts. I'd call them the OGs of uh, the Tony Bennett era. Okay. Really appreciate that crossover time that he was a big part of it. He, d he also played nine years at Virginia, so that's a little unfair. <laughs> it did seem like that. You're right. They only gave me four, and I was threatening to go pro every year, and it never really happened. So. <laughs> that's true. Great list. That's a great list. Yeah, all great guys, too. Not too bad. Typically, we do that at the end, but Dougie has a work conflict, okay. so he may be dropping off. Okay. I'm at work. Yeah, he's that, so. Laurel, that was great. I look forward to coming down and playing ping pong one yeah, of these days, you guys. Like Mark said, it's in the locker room, so I'm sure Tony will definitely take you up on that. 
That's awesome. All right. Thanks for everything. Thanks for the thanks for the national championship, by the way. It's okay. a huge deal to all of us. Yes, me too. All right. See you. I got thank you. Fresh. So Laura, what was it like? I guess traveling with being a, a wife of an NBA player. What were your days like? Well, yeah, Tony wasn't in the NBA anymore after we got married. He we went to uh, to Cleveland because he was uh, I guess I don't know if he got a tryout. He was a free agent, so he went to their camp. Um, so that's the only real experience once we were married that we had NBA wise. And then he was injured rehabbing. We went over to New Zealand. Um, and he, with the thought that he's going to get healthy and then come back. But then we fell in love with different things in New Zealand and just totally rerouted. So I really don't, I went to games when we were dating. I went to games while he was still, you know, on the roster with the Hornets. But I can say that all the, all the wives were, I was probably an embarrassment because I, all the wives were up there and I did not realize it was like a big thing. You really are supposed to get ready these games and look your very bestest <laughs> and I would go in my baseball cap and sit there with probably in that section people are probably like geez what's up with this but <laughs> that was my only real experience with the NBA stuff with Tony Cohen. So do you guys ever talk about Charlotte the struggles at playing at, at Charlotte right as a coach versus his time while he was a player at Charlotte? Yeah I mean because let's see, we lost, obviously, that was the UMBC loss. Did we lose to Carolina there, too, in the tournament? Yeah, 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 yeah. In the, no, to Florida State in the uh, ACC tournament. Okay. okay, that's right. I forgot we did that there. Michigan State a couple years yeah, prior. And I think it was at this 32 or Sweet yep. 16. Was in Charlotte? Yeah, it's in Charlotte. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think Charlotte will always hold a special place in our heart because – we met there, he played there. You can't, I don't think you can erase that. You know, you can't even trump that. So, and even um, even after the UMBC, you know, I know, I'm pretty sure it was a Kyle and Ty that went with Tony back for the ACC media day in Charlotte. It was, it was the first time they'd been back uh, since that loss. And Tony said right away, look, I'm bringing you guys on purpose because we need to, we need to just go back and face that place and, you know, make new good memories and, be be done with that and I think that's how we see Charlotte you know it has it has that but even that's not it's a bad memory in and of itself but it, so much more connotation now that even that doesn't feel like a bad memory you know yeah they're they're good memories too Mark Ty's first bucket absolutely yeah. he talks about that he's like saying this is this is where I, it's so ironic that this is where I lost this yeah. game against UMBC and Florida State and then I got my first basket Mike Toby's first way, bucket What's that? Mike Toby's Toby? first bucket, yeah, also yeah, in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah Wilkins, also Charlotte. You know, it's a, it's a lot. There's a lot of history there. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So how did you develop your relationship with the church? And was that something you did throughout high school and college and then in, in Charlotte? Yeah. Um, in high school, um, I went to a high school that got bought by a Christian school. We were like going bankrupt. Christian school bought my high school. And that was really the first time that I was around a lot of Christian people. Started going to church with just friends and got involved kind of with their youth group and went on some trips and just was 
intrigued, you know, initially, just like, wow, I mean, all these people really buy into this, you know? Um, and even growing up in the South, it wasn't like I hadn't heard it, but I hadn't really been, it wasn't part of my, you know, my life. Um, so yeah, I got real involved in high school, stayed involved in college, especially over the summers I worked on these, on this different, with this ministry team over all summers. And then it was just kind of my only experience. So once I went to look for a job and wanted to live in North Carolina, I was like, makes sense. I'll go to work at a church with a youth group and I had such a heart for that age just because that's when I had been introduced and everything. So, yeah. And then both of you guys continued that work in New Zealand. Is that right? Yep. We met an American pastor over there planning a church. We got involved and he asked us to stay in different capacities and we felt very strongly we wanted to do that. So, What was life like in New Zealand for you? Um, it was beautiful, first of all, and it was, it was fun because it was like an extended honeymoon. We had just gotten married, really, and so, you know, we were over there in this beautiful place. We lived on a house looking right over the ocean. That was the only thing we said because they didn't really pay hardly anything, but we were like, we just want a house so we can see the ocean near an Italian restaurant and a church. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that's what we had, and it was awesome. We had so much time together. Um, I did miss my friends. It was isolating to be that far away right away when we were getting married, but beautiful people there also. And just, it was a great, great time. So did you make the recruiting trip to see Jaxall when, when the opportunity <laughs> came? I didn't. <laughs> I was like, I've made that trip enough. That's, that's tough. It's a long ways. 12 hours over the water. I don't like that. So have you taken the kids there? Or have you guys taken a trip there? No, just... No, we honestly, Tony's gone back a couple of times because of players, but um, right. and the team even. But no, I've always been like, I'd rather go somewhere new. <laughs> That's fair. Did you did you meet Kirk Penny when you were out there? And do you know the Kirk Penny story? Oh, he tells his 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 side of it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. What did you hear about it? What's your yeah. recollection? Yeah. Um, well, Tony and Kirk first met. They first met. Well, he did not break Tony's nose the first time they met, but <laughs> after the fact. Um, yeah, the first, the first time I met Kirk, he came by the house. He was 16, 15, 16. Um, and we had a real heart-to-heart because -heart his parents were in the middle of a divorce and something mm -hmm. I understood. So, I mean, he just became a little brother to us so quickly. But, yeah, Tony, Tony always tells a story that he broke his nose, and that's when I knew he was gritty, you know, and he was going to be good. <laughs> well, they were, and I, Kurt told me the story one day when he was on the podcast and said they were playing one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Just right? to kind of feel him out and see if I think he was going to be on the team or not. Yeah. Like, well, there went that opportunity. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think Kurt was going for a shot and then, or, or maybe Tony was going for a shot. Yeah. And next thing you know, Tony's nose got broken somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't even know if it was a rebound or shot. Yeah. I don't remember, but yeah <laughs> i know kurt still feels badly about it and how long were you guys in new zealand we were there three years um kind of on and off we'd stay during basketball season we'd come back to the states because his dad was coaching at wisconsin we'd come back and watch that basketball season which kind of nice they were opposite so we kind of just but we did go winter to winter which wasn't ideal but otherwise <laughs> winters in wisconsin aren't the easiest no tony and i always tell the story he's like I'm like, why do people want, why would you live here? And he's like, Laurel, you know, you can't choose where you're going to live. 
<clears throat> excuse me, you can't choose where you're going to live based on the weather. <laughs> I, was, I guess that's what they tell people to make them stay here. I don't know. <laughs> because, yeah. yes, you do. <laughs> you do. That, that's so funny. I was a TV reporter in northern Wisconsin. And every day, I think I, every day I asked my question, one of my questions was when I had to interview people outside in the middle of winter, why do people live here, right? <laughs> it's so cold, right? You would go outside and pieces of your body were just frozen. <laughs> it was outside. Yeah, that's not exaggerating. That's true. It was incredible. So that might have a change for you going from Louisiana to living in Wisconsin in the middle of the winter. Yes. That, yeah. that had to be pleasant, Jeez. right? <laughs> so then you guys end up in, uh, and, and so that was a great season. Well, I guess you, you moved to Wisconsin and he, and he coached for his dad. Oh, a lot of success there. The first season we come back because Tony's dad was saying, you know how much longer I'm going to do this. If you want to be around for a while, around me while I'm still coaching, you know, come finish out with me. I'll find you a place, a manager, which was awesome. So we come back that year, they go to the final four. And I swear that that, that is what Tony got him hooked. I mean, he was like, I'm not going to be a coach, but I do want to rebound on my dad. And then they went to the final four and he's like, yeah, it wasn't that hard. This is fun. Let's do this. <laughs> You know, so total reroute of life again. And then they go to Washington State and you have the experience with the t-shirts. Right? <laughs> How did you enjoy Washington State? Again, great people. I mean, there's just great people everywhere. And that's a small town full of just family, salt of the earth people. So my kids were little, it was a great place for them to grow up. There's really nothing to do there, but it didn't really matter. Um, it's beautiful too. It really is. But it was fun to watch that program go from where it was to, to where they took it. So that's a good time. Were you okay with moving around? I really was. I mean, it was, I didn't really, I guess I didn't consider that when we were getting married, how that would look, but I guess I always just felt like Tony and I are together and you know, we're good. There's good, like I said, good people everywhere. You move, you're sad to leave. And I always thought if you're not sad to leave, you're not living well, you know, you should be living life in such a way that you're sad to leave people. But yet there's always good ahead. And that was always proven true. So no, I mean, you're sad to leave, but it's, you know, new things can be good. Yeah, sure. Sure. And he, um, the, the success you guys had at Washington state once again, how did you compare it with Wisconsin? Um, that's a good, I, you know, I don't know enough about, I know that when Tony's dad took the Wisconsin team, you know, to the tournaments and especially to the final four, it was the first time, I can't say the years, but it was the first time in a long time they'd done it. So Washington state was kind of like, okay, this is what his dad does. He takes a program that's in a not good place to, you know, to a good place. That's, that's a specialty. When we got to Washington state, the first game, Oh, yeah. Well, Tony always tells a story that, that I'm positive. I'm not really one to be like, oh, my gosh, and just look at the half-empty thing. But he said he came home from the first game at Washington State, and I was there like, what did we do? I think we made a mistake. Like, this, there's no way we can make this program. <laughs> we played some, like, foreign national team that was like a high school team, and we struggled. You know, it was just so bad. And so I thought the turnaround there was remarkable. It's incredible. And, and it was there where you guys, you know, or 
uh, you know, now, now I guess coach Ronnie Weidman uh, came on, started coming along for the ride. Talk about your relationship, that, that relationship. I know it's. Um, well, I'm going to give you a good story on Ronnie. Here you go. This is I, so he came to be, you guys remember Ron Sanchez. Obviously. Of course. Okay. So Ron was gathering the managers, you know, Ronnie came to interview or however that works to be a manager. And, you know, Ron asked him some questions and within that, basically Ron was kind of like, you know, I don't think this is going to work out because I think Ronnie had some stipulations. I don't know if I can be here at this time or these days kind of stuff, you know, I don't know how much time I really have to give to this a little bit. And Ron was like, yeah, it's not going to work, you know? So Ronnie left, like, sorry, not going to, not going to happen. And then Ronnie came back. I don't know how a couple days, whatever later. I was like, you know, I've been thinking about this. I am ready to totally invest in this. And so it started totally opposite of how you would think of Ronnie because Ronnie right. is a hard worker, get it done. You know, by the time we left yeah. him, I do not exaggerate. I said to Tony, we cannot take another job if Ronnie doesn't come with us. He's just that valuable and yeah. everybody knows it. <laughs> yeah. Anyone that's talked to Ronnie loves him to death because he's like one of the nicest maybe human beings I've ever met. It's just like incredible in terms of like when you meet somebody and they leave an lasting impression and that's and that's totally him. Like he's part of our family, like you know, Christmas cards. Call, like he's the man. Like he's just such a good dude. Um, yeah, I can't. You're so, so lucky to have him. And I, I've talked to, I won't say who, but ex-players have been like, if people only knew how much Ronnie and Laurel do for the program, you they, they'd be shocked what I think uh, that that's very telling in terms of like he's your relationship. Like you said, he's, he's family. If I can't, and my kids too, if we can't get a hold of Tony, we call Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So three years at Washington State, as the, an head coach. What's that? As Tony, the head, head coach. coach. Yeah, right. As, I'm sorry, as, as the head coach. Yeah. Were you surprised? I mean, his last year there, he did not have a great – you guys did not have a great record. Was it a little surprising that you got an offer um, from UVA? Well, you know, you probably know the John Oliver piece of that story. I mean, I do not think that this whole thing would have happened without him. You know, J.O., had been at Washington State, so he was real familiar with the program, just how hard it is to get recruits there, how hard it is. Just they're kind of the ugly stepchild of the Pac-12. I mean, I yeah. love it. And I'm not saying that like it's ugly. I just mean that it's really hard in that conference to get people to come to Pullman. And so J.O. just understood all that and the history of it and how down they were. So I don't think the last season mattered that much. I just think he so intimately or intricately knew the program that he was like, trust me, guys, you know, it was kind of, so, yeah, no, I mean, I don't feel that surprised. I feel like, I think Tony had enough success and he was young. I mean, it was a great opportunity, no question, but Virginia also wasn't in an awesome spot during that time. So, you know, and I don't think he was their first choice either. So, you know, it took a lot of different factors to make it happen. What was the conversation like? for you, the family, when you guys were just determining or deciding between going to Virginia and staying at Washington State? Um, yeah, there was just kind of this feeling for me that this is, this is it. I don't know, you know, that we, he'd have other really good opportunities and just never seemed like the right time or the right place for a number of reasons. And when this came along, just, 
did have, just had a different feeling to me. And when we came out here and went back, and I think we both were like, yes. And then, you know, Tony started thinking about all the repercussions of telling, you know, the players he was leaving, you know, the opportunity he had gotten there. We really did love it there. Uh, all the people he was going to have to say no to and goodbye. You know, just he was like, ah, I'm going to call and say no, you know. Because we had said, okay, we're going to do this. And then, and then he said, no, I'm not. And I said, you know, I'm not saying one way or the other you should or shouldn't take it, but you should feel the same way for 24 hours. Like, don't take an hour and go, no, I'm not, you know, just like, let's just tell them we need another day. If they won't give us that, then fine, you know. And when he did, they said, sure, and another 24 hours, and obviously here we are. Yeah. So it's that close, you know. Absolutely. So when you when you were ushered in, I, I remember it was like secret mission 007, get come into Charlottesville. What do you remember about that 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 time? Like, where did you guys go? What did you guys see? That was that was sort of the lasting impression. Well, you we went to. I'm pretty sure we went to JPA first, and they had, they had all the lights out. They never turned them on because it was like, you know, super on the DL, and we don't even want anybody to know we're here, and so. It felt kind of cool, you know, like, oh, you know, are you trying to hide us or is this cool? I don't know. It could have gone either way, but it felt cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, geez, the facility was only, what, two, three years old at the time. So right. super impressive, amazing JPJ and all the, what we were coming from too. It was just totally different level. Um, yeah, I mean, we really liked, I remember meeting with, uh, with Craig, Little Page and, and J.O. and talking with them. And just being impressed with their, they were just realistic, their vision for the program, what they were looking for and hoping. Um, but those are my main two memories, just being in JPJ and, and talking with them and really trying to see, you know, what the expectations were and what kind of program they ran. So I really liked all of that, obviously. So, so what was the relationship, the pre-existing relationship with JL? Um, there really wasn't one, I don't think. Um, I'll have to ask Tony to make sure that's true, but that I know of. I think it was really just that J.O. had a pre-existing relationship with Washington State. Okay. I, don't, I don't think Tony and he knew each other, I don't think. Just at the time, I mean, Virginia needed someone to step in after having a coach that maybe that where the culture wasn't the way it is now, right? And, and apparent, we, we had uh, Jerry Ratcliffe on, well, we interviewed him for three hours and it was phenomenal. It was fascinating. He basically talked about the different eras over during his 40 years of covering, covering UVA basketball. Yeah. And we talked a lot about Dave Lado. We talked about Gillen and he talked about the culture during the Lado years and it was a tough time. And so it looked like that UVA needed someone who was, who was a little bit more, uh, I'm not sure how to say it without being, without offending anyone, but, but looked like maybe a little bit more, uh, someone who wasn't going to be yelling or cursing at the players, right? Someone who was going to maybe have a different character uh, than Leto. And, and so that probably, I mean, I got to imagine that had to be part of the process of thinking for J.O. And, and Little Page. I think so too. I mean, I would, I would want to say that, you know, I don't know Dave well, we've met him um, and really liked him, but you know, I, from everything that I know, and I know Tony knows more than I have, but I've only heard him say what a good guy Dave is. So mm -hmm. I hate, you know, I hate that that's the context. Cause I think he maybe had trouble, you know, during games. And I mean, the stress and, 
you know, what was happening as far as wins and losses, who knows the effect that has on different people, but I do think he's a good guy. And I, but I think you're right that they were looking for somebody that had a different demeanor, you know, on the sideline. Yeah. I was going to ask, uh, you know, you're, the kids were so young at that age. What was that thought process like in terms of Charlottesville as a place to, to, you know, I grow, I was born and raised in Charlottesville. So obviously I'm biased here, but in terms of outside looking in, what did you think of Charlottesville as a place to raise your kids? Well, I only heard good stuff. I'd never been, but I knew people who had been here and like, that's a great, you know, just a great town. Um, I'm trying to remember, I think they, I'm trying to remember what they compared it to because it was someplace I liked, but now I can't remember. Anyway, I, I heard good things and then, I thought they would be really easy for the kids. They're seven and eight. So I'm like, whatever, you know, I mean, they'll just not even notice, (laughs) but man, that was not true. They (laughs) had a hard time leaving their friends and it took two years, literally before Anna would even call Virginia home. She would say, when are we Washington? (laughs) um, It wasn't easy to take them away from great relationships and a good, nice childhood, you know? But, of course, we've grown to love it here. And I liked it right away. Charlottesville is, I think, an easy place to love. Well, 12 years later or so, now that, or I don't know, 10 or 11 years later, now Anna just finished high school last year. She's just finishing up her first year at Wake Forest. Why did she decide on Wake instead of UVA? Um, I, think, I think multiple reasons. I think she wanted to get a little bit away, not too far, but enough. I think we wanted a smaller school. She loves UVA. And that was definitely, it stayed on her, you know, it was always between whoever and UVA, even though I think she always felt like, I'm going to be Tony Bennett's daughter here, first and foremost, in the national championship that season before her freshman year. It was like, you did it. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. And then coming over to Virginia, the first two years, were there were there times when you where you guys might have said maybe this isn't the right place or you knew it was even after that first and second year? I really didn't feel like that. I think Tony had maybe a moment or two, especially you know you're looking back at a team that was really talented, the team he left at Washington State that year, mm-hmm. and, and you know and you just never know what all you're getting into in any. Like, oh, I didn't expect this or didn't realize that. And I think he had those moments of like, ah, I don't know if we did the right thing. But I'm just, I'm, we balance each other probably well there. I mean, I'm just like, we, we're here. We, we already made that decision. So this is where we're supposed to be. And it's going to be great. <laughs> and let's move, you know, move forward. So. Right. Right. And how did you handle if there was negative press or when you heard people critis- critical of, of you guys or the family or, or, or the, or the coach? Honestly, I mean, I want to say that I'm, I don't care, but that's not ever true. I mean, of course I care. I think mainly I don't pay attention. Like we really don't get, we don't get the paper. We don't look at, we don't look at any of that stuff. So mainly it's just ignorance that doesn't bother me maybe. Um, And also Tony's almost always exceeded expectations. So I haven't heard, I hear so much more positive stuff. Sure. Negative just seems to kind of, you know, right. style play. That's, Maybe they might say, you know, I, I just don't agree, so I don't really care. Yeah. No, what I, I remember when I was coaching and 
Ty and Kobe's mom would come to games. I'd be like, you sit there. <laughs> sit, let the fans sit here. Let all the parents sit here. Sit away from them. Because at some point, someone's going to be disgruntled. Somebody's going to say something, right? And I got it. And so I would, I don't know if you have a plan or a policy when you go to games, how to tune that stuff out. I really do tune it out. That's the best way to put it. I mean, my daughter will more be like, did you hear that? And I'm like, no. And I don't want to. Like, don't even, just don't engage. You know, I'm just more like that. Just don't give them the, you know, pleasure or whatever. <laughs> it's just like. Right. Uh, so two things. One, I have to bring up the story. You may or may not remember this. You probably don't. It's probably like, I don't even think about it. But during 2016, 2017 Thanksgiving tournament, Mm-hmm. in florida okay oh yeah ty wasn't playing that much right and there was and uva we won the first game he's he would he would have been a fourth year this year so that would have been his first year oh he was okay yeah right um, um so that was in niceville florida whatever it was we played iowa i think and somebody else to win the championship and the team was sailing but when the first game and we walked past each other and you say hi, and I'm like, hi, because <laughs> I was upset that Ty didn't play. And I always, that night I went home, and I was like, I can't believe my behavior of how I acted <laughs> towards Laurel. She's the nicest, nicest person. If I was mad at Tony, whatever, which he's always told us, there's going to be times when, on a recruiting trip, there's going to be times when, he's, when you're going to be mad at me. Why would I be mad at you, right? You had, I mean, it's not your fault. So I'm hoping you forgot that, but I still have to apologize because I've been hanging well, on to that for four years. <laughs> I'm make my radar. Parents are they're for their kid. That's their job. That's no, it's not. I, I don't even take that personally. You know what I mean? It is Tony's fault, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the story where I got mad at somebody at the Duke game. What happened? Uh, when when you know, Anna Anna. Bad. What's that? Did Anna get involved, right? Anna, Anna, a fan was like yelling at Anna. Yeah, that's right. And I was, I was right nearby, and I was like, I got so pissed. I was walking out to go to the bathroom or something, and I was like, said something to the fan. Yeah, the face, and I was glad because I was like, I probably wouldn't say anything, but they needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy was drunk yeah. and semi-abusive, and I could not believe security wasn't doing anything. Yeah. They were basically just standing there. Yeah, that, it right? really was bad. He was he was in her face like yeah and, and being yeah rude so right like, so what's that made up for your other <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but but also I mean I could it's easy to see like how somebody can get defensive right I mean that's a that's an extreme case well, right but when somebody's saying something to about critical of the person you love yeah. or even just the program that you've been around like that's hard not to not to pay attention to. But it is, it is, it truly does come with the territory. You can, you cannot enjoy all the, you know, the people are so impressed with him and rightly so, but you can't enjoy that and, and accept that and then say, but I'm not gonna, it, people can't say anything bad. Like people are gonna have their opinion and that's all it is. You know, like yep. I, so it really doesn't matter to me what you think, not in a rude way, just in a, if you knew him, you know, you wouldn't think that. And who cares what you think about his style of play? Like, he's kicking butt, so you don't have to like it. You don't have to watch it. <laughs> Usually when Duke comes up, Dougie Fresh is quick to make a comment <laughs> about their behavior pattern. So we missed him <laughs> on this one. <laughs> I'll, I'll fill in, you know, the school that pays kids to play there at school. <laughs> there, I'll fill it in for him. 
<laughs> so, Laurel, we do a series that TW runs, a segment, I'm sorry, on a photo and react, okay. right? We, he'll show you pictures and images, and then you react to them. So if you just bear with us while we do this. Let me set it up. And um, that's one of them. But here, here is the first one. What do you, in this, this thing went a little viral. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this? Do you have the video that goes with it? Not that you should show it. No, yeah, yeah, we do. But I just wanted to sit this, this photo going, and I think it was on a bunch of podcasts and ESPN put it on, you know, it's been everywhere. Well, of course, your kids keep you home better than any. Right? So, I mean, all they think about that video is like, what are you wearing? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and what? I love it. <laughs> And then well, I'm just going to go through these and, and they're kind of random. So there's no particular order. All right, here, here's the next one. This, this is um, your post needs someone to replace a shattered backboard. That so on accident, Tony was so aggravated with me that this, he's like, why would you put that? I'm like, I did not put that. But it got on Twitter, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Some guy found it on Twitter and posted it. <laughs> like a little local app and I really wanted someone to come fix the backboard. <laughs> oh, somebody's gonna like, you know, oh geez, that was hilarious. And we we had, you know, obviously we had a 2K tournament and Justin started talking about breaking breaking the backboard. What do you remember about that? I remember that number one, it makes a great story. <laughs> you know, a two-hand dunk shatters it. And he said, don't worry, you know, I'm gonna I'll pay for that and I said well you know you're in the NBA now so we're gonna pick you up on it hold you to it and Justin if you're watching still owe us that <laughs> he said he did when we had him on the other day on the on the twitch uh interview with with Eli but Eli said he broke it first yeah we, we've gone through like four so. <laughs> it's not the first post for her new backboard basically <laughs> Eli said he wait I gotta I gotta ask you a question Eli said he threw a rock at it trying to actually not throw the rock at the backboard trying to throw the rock over the backboard and yeah, he mistakenly hit the back what's that I don't know you know <laughs> with that story I feel like it's a little bit more like he was mad and actually threw a rock at the backboard but he also said he was punished uh, I don't remember that. <laughs> he said he was punished for a month or two. What? I was curious to know what the punishment was. I honestly don't remember the, that he got punished. He, maybe we made him work to uh, help pay for it. That, I mean, that sounds like what we would do, so I'm just guessing. But most likely we gave him chores and, you know, made him contribute toward replacement. Okay. All right. Here's the next one is... What do you remember about when, or how were you feeling when you saw Tony go down for, it was, it was a brief moment, but it was scary. Like what, what was going through your mind at that moment? I mean, truthfully, I didn't, I was where I was sitting. I didn't see him fall. I only saw it later on video. I just, someone told me, you know, Tony just fell down, either fainted or something. So it's just word of mouth. And I was, you know, so I was just kind of trying to, See what happened, and then I saw him. The first time I saw him, he had gotten up. They were walking him out. I forgot who asked me. Maybe Ethan. Um, you know, do you want to come back? You know, to the locker room and see him. I think it was halftime, right? Right. And um, so I was like, yeah. I mean, I didn't feel worried. I know how he he he. If he gets up real quick, he 
he gets dizzy. That's just something that happened. So I figured that's what had happened. But um, but yeah, I just teased him when I saw him. I was like, are you trying to <laughs> the rest of this game? So. Yeah. <laughs> and then you already kind of touched on this. That was foreshadowing into the. Uh, what it, do you have a good Shaq story for us with your time at LSU? Well, I did. Uh, I might have danced with him while I was there. I mean, I can guarantee that he doesn't remember that because he was probably dancing with like 20 of us at one time. <laughs> but that's – and I did – this is embarrassing, but I did stop him in the quad, ask him for his autograph, and then that was his freshman year. And then I gave it to a friend of mine, a huge basketball fan, and now I'm like, how did I get <laughs> Not <laughs> it, and then I gave it away. So. But wait a minute, let's talk about LSU longer because I watched the LSU football game with you once. We were at your house; all the recruits were over, and I forget who they were playing. It was a huge game. Going back, what's that? Alabama. I th I want to say it was Alabama. This was going back three or four, three years ago, maybe. Yeah. Two or three years ago, and it was a massive game. And you are quite a passionate fan. I mean, I grew up watching LSU football. I grew up in a house that was like a mile or so. You could hear the LSU football games from our front yard. So, I mean, yeah, you just love LSU football. And if my kids didn't love LSU football, I'd be a bad parent. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just down there, really. And then this, this next one. The baptism of Devin Hall, and I know, I know we 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 briefly touched on your your relationship with the church, but talk about like some of the players and how they they also many of them embrace it as well. I mean, I'm personally not religious, but I really admire their um, their faith and and all of it, and they really live it. It's it's quite amazing in terms of um, their involvement. So maybe you know. Yeah, I think you know we've had so many. I mean, Mark and I talked about this earlier. We've had so many great guys come to this program some of them are um people who share our face some definitely aren't but um guys who i feel like we have a lot of guys who do live out yeah it is you know that they believe and it's certainly our joy you know to see people um come to the faith and believe what we think is is true and gives such joy and peace i mean gosh i remember that with Devin. it was so awesome so cool and it was like right after senior night, right, right after the Louisville game, he goes, he high fives all the fans, and then he goes, and then we get in the car and go to that church right up the hill. It's like to tie it all together is pretty. It's pretty special, very special. He still talks about today as like one of the best days of his life, which I think is is really cool. Um, and the next, the next one, like what was going through your head when you saw this? Image. I didn't realize what it was when I first saw it. I'm sorry. Um. Oh gosh. You know, we were down in Florida on vacation when this was going on. We weren't in Charlottesville, and so you know, we got the TV version, which is always, I think, the extreme parts. Even though it was an extreme event, um. So we were just like, whoa. I mean, this looks like all war is broken out. Um. That was just sad, and it it still is such a sad thing that that happened. But I do think we recovered you know, fairly well. I think we're still healing. I think we're still working on things we've learned during it. So I'm thankful for that. But it was yeah, a sad time. Yeah, we, we did, you know, on the anniversary of this, I think all the guys band together, made a shirt for Heather Hare. 
um, who passed away. And like, that's something we'll probably do every year, which I think is, that just tells you the, the community of Charlottesville and the players really care about this. And it's like, you know, obviously a big deal. Um, and then lighten up the mood from that. Uh, do you have a guilty pleasure in terms of TV show, Tiger King? That's definitely mine, Mark. I'm not going to speak for you, but it, yes. I think it is. Yes, Where is there a guilty uh, pleasure in terms of the TV show that you're that you tune into? Well, I did watch the first two episodes of this, and I did. I do intend to watch the rest. It's just kind of like a train; like you can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that for sure is what it is. But the first thing that came to mind when I saw this picture is. I don't know if you guys watched the NFL draft, but when um, when Joe got drafted first, LSU quarterback. <laughs> That's right. He's the only real Tiger King. So. <laughs> That's awesome because like that actually comes up when you when you Google Tiger King that photo of <laughs> of him um, in, in his LSU uniform. Oh. Really? Yeah, oh. that that's one of the ones that pops up. This is Mark. You know, Ty's dad. Oh Jerome, yeah. And, uh, TW. Is that Anna? We were just talking about um, when Mark had to take up even that drunken. Oh drunken. my gosh, that was good. Tell Anna, please say hello. Tell her, come on. Oh, I just woke up. <laughs> hello. hello, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Anna, we, do you know TW? No, we haven't met. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you? Um, we were just talking about guilty pleasure in terms of TV show. Oh, we just watched Outer Banks. And Love is Blind. Yeah, Love is Blind. Yeah. Outer Banks, that's my favorite. Outer Banks. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen that one yet. All right. Well, Are you a fan of one. Joe Exotic, Anna? Yeah, more than Carol Baskins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't be a fan. I'm into the show. <laughs> the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty good. We, have, we actually didn't finish it, but it was pretty crazy. Yeah. I can't watch it all at once. It's a lot. <laughs> What's uh, finishing school been like for you? Uh, I'm finally done. Yesterday was my last day. I don't enjoy online school. I'm more of an in-person learning sort of girl, but I mean, we made it. Just hope we don't have to do it another semester. <laughs> no. We we asked your mom about you deciding on Wake Forest versus mm -hmm. UVA. Yeah, that was a big decision. I'm wearing my Wake Forest boxers right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just kind of, I, I love my family, obviously, you know, important to me, but I just wanted to get away from Charlottesville. Not that I don't like Charlottesville, but I thought that change would be good for me, just trying to make a name for myself somewhere else. And Wake is smaller, which is something else that I wanted to. So right. just thought I'd try it out and I really love it. So. Get her to tell you the story of telling, talking to Jim Ryan after the national championship. <laughs> this, is, this is seriously one of the most embarrassing things I've ever done. Okay, so after we won the championship, <laughs> <laughs> And we're all celebrating and stuff, you know, it's like the best moment ever. And the supporter walks up to me and is like, so like, what do you think about UVA now, huh? And I was like, uh -huh, like I don't really want to answer college questions right now. I'm just <laughs> 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 and I was like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. And then a couple of days later, I was on Twitter and I see a picture that Jim Ryan tweeted out. And I was like, that was the reporter that I got. <laughs> 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 Jim Ryan and I feel so bad if I won't let my dad tell him that story but yeah that was pretty embarrassing <laughs> that's awesome oh actually while while we have you here this is our next photo for a reaction oh yeah <laughs> this is a look at the photo and get your reaction to it uh 
And this is <laughs> I've never seen him do that before. Yeah, so I think like that's unrecognizable. Yeah, he never it's not like he's done doesn't show emotion, but he just yeah. never gets hyped up like that. We were together when he did that and we looked at each other and we yeah. were like, Whoa <laughs> <laughs> And we tell him and we're like, Wow, we comment on this photo, Tony's always like I was just doing it for the guys. I was just kind of, you know. <laughs> you were just as excited. Don't try to do that. Yeah, he gets embarrassed because we tease him about it. I mean, it, it just, I mean, for all the all the pent-up years for Virginia fans, too. I mean, I, everyone, that was like a scream heard throughout, throughout all of, you know, college basketball for us. Yeah. And then, you know, perfect timing with you here, Anna. This... Talk about this this moment, family, confetti on the floor. I mean, yeah. what now, do you remember? I just remember, I cried. I honestly cried. I'm a crier. Uh, everyone started crying. My grandma, that's honey. We call her grandma honey. She started crying too. And we just all hugged each other and going on the floor and just seeing all the confetti. And you're literally like hugging every single person that you love <laughs> in your family. It was, that was a once in a lifetime sort of thing. Well, maybe not once in a lifetime, but you know. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully it happens again. But it was just, you can never recapture that. Mm -hmm. Just being able to be around your entire family after when you're something whole month like that. Too. Yeah. 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 Uh, every weekend, I didn't go to school. <laughs> <laughs> Added benefit. And then what What about a relationship? You know, I know I know it's tough. I've got Dick Bennett's shirt on now. For him to come to the games, what do you remember about that, him, the decision for him to actually come to the championship game? Was that, was that something you guys... Well, we didn't know until like five minutes before he, because every day he'd be like, no, I'm not going to go. I'm, I'm I don't not. think he did that about the championship. He didn't. Game. He said he would go. I mean, he did that always, but I think for this one, he was like, no way going to miss it. I'm pretty really? sure. I don't, I didn't, I didn't ask him about it because he just was always like, I don't, I don't know. So I gave up and just let him make <laughs> his decision. But yeah, I, he obviously he was really so happy he went, yeah. but. It was so funny. When they show the camera on him, he's always yelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you can't not do it. It's so funny. <laughs> and then, and this, the timing of you walking in. I did that. <laughs> yeah, you did this, but we're just going to get your reaction in terms of, and I think Mark had a question in terms of balancing the you know, expectations yeah. for basketball and all. Maybe oh. Mark. Well, you, I, I don't think I could have asked it better than you, Ken T.W., so you already did it, so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't have to be the bad guy, though. <laughs> no, in terms of, like, expectations for Eli, obviously, you know, yeah. that NBA, what is that like? Eli's arms aren't that strong in real life. That's the <laughs> 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 Sibling rivalry, I love it. Yeah, they're making, that's just crazy, making the same facial expression. But, um. Yeah, I don't, Eli doesn't really talk about how he feels about all of that. I mean, I've definitely felt just kind of like, oh, like you're, you're probably good at basketball just because you're a dad. I know he's gotten that a lot. Like, oh, you must be really good because your dad's Tony Bennett. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, we have places to practice, but that's not a, I don't know. I think there's definitely a lot of expectation from everyone else, but my dad does not place any pressure on us, especially my brother, to live up to that because that was my dad's dream and he worked his own way. And he's not like, Oh, I expect you to do that now. That's not how it is. He, if my brother wants to work hard, my dad will encourage him and obviously help him in that. But he'd never be like, why aren't like, you're not as good as me. What's with that? You know, he's not like, <laughs> are they competitive in any way? 
outside of basketball? <laughs> ping pong, maybe? If you ever, okay. <laughs> we had to stop playing spike ball, family spike ball. <laughs> Your mom's <laughs> I'm joking. All of us are so competitive, and Eli won't play games with us unless, well, can you win? Like, let's put money on it. And we're like, stop <laughs> <laughs> putting money on it. Like, oh, competitive in the family. That's, that's so I was telling my dad broke out sweat playing spike ball, ping pong, ping pong, anything, everything. You, you know, you can't. There's no halfway. You're either gonna win or you're not gonna win. <laughs> It's funny. Ty and Eli were playing against each other in the 2K tournament. Mm -hmm. we I don't know if you were, what's that? We could hear Eli yelling. We were downstairs. And he was yeah. Just, so we were, we were on Twitch. We were on Zoom while the game was going on Twitch. T uh, Justin Anderson, myself. And so after the game, I asked Eli, what was your dad doing during the game? He's like, he was telling me to get back on defense. He was telling me my transition defense was bad. <laughs> <laughs> He, my dad came down and I was like, is he winning? And he's like, no, he's losing. He's like, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I feel like I'm looking in the mirror. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to myself in some ways. Or you guys are talking about me, actually. And then this is the last, the last one. To my man, Ronnie. Yeah. This, this moment. That's I, awesome. I haven't seen that picture, Me actually. neither. I have it framed just because it's so cool to me. <laughs> but talk about talk about the relationship with him. For I know you brief, briefly touched on it, but like after the championship, what is she like? Ronnie now you've seen him grow. He's you know he's got a daughter now living in Charlottesville. Like um, you know, that's been the most fun to see Ronnie with his daughter because he never was quite sure how he felt about being a dad, and then once he decided. And now that Emily, I mean, he is over the moon in love with that girl. And he's just, yeah. oh, it's so cute. And I, I said to them, if we can't get in touch with Tony, oh. we're like, Ronnie, can you help us? Or where's Tony? Or what should we do? Tony And Ronnie and I kind of have a little <laughs> behind the scenes, you know, yeah. how, how can we convince Tony to do this? Or you can <laughs> <laughs> He's his work wife. Yeah, yeah. he really is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been, my dad's been doing all these videos for the COVID-19 things, just like he did one for the ACC, one for nurses and people working and stuff like that. And it, to get dad to do something, you have to remind him a lot and just be like, hey, like, so Ronnie sends all the, all the email, all to all of us, he sends the email and then he'll be like, Anna, can you film it? And then we're like, you remind him, here's the <laughs> like Ronnie just knows how to do it. Yeah. It's a family effort. <laughs> he's, he's the guy that makes things go for sure. Oh, 100%. I don't know. That is so great. Any of us would be So prior to COVID, are we done, T Dubs, on the second? Yeah, yeah, we're done. That was great. Prior Thank to you. the, yeah, prior to the COVID nineteen, what was the summer plan for both of you, for the family, entire family? Well, we were gonna go to Italy for the tournament. Um, like the, every four years, you go abroad. We've been Italy, but that's not happening. I was supposed to go to Greece because we're having a 50th birthday thing for a friend. Um, not doing that. We, used, we, we usually try to just do the beach. We have, our family always has a beach trip every summer. So by that, I don't know, maybe it'll still happen. But <laughs> I hope so. We see our families. We always go to Wisconsin, see Tony's family, go down to Louisiana. I don't, yeah, it's so up in the air what we're going to do, huh? How about you guys? Where are you both, by the way? I'm in I'm in the Bay Area. I'm in south of Oakland a little bit, but okay. locked into a house basically. Um, 
pretty pretty serious there, right? I I don't know. Like I I only know my neighborhood. Like I go to the mailbox. That's that's pretty <laughs> much it. So if there, it seems safe there. But um, no, I think it is pretty bad in in San Francisco itself. But like outside of Bay, it's pretty super spread out. So I don't think it's as bad. You know, we locked down really. I think we're the first city city yeah. and county to lock down. So it's not as bad here as it, where Mark is. I know it's Mark knows a lot of people impacted and yeah, passed away. I'm in New York City and I, and I know some people that have passed away and people that have been sick and hope fortunately we have recovered, but it's still a big mess up here. And when you talk to, a, I've had a couple of friends who are doctors and they're still fearful of this thing. Oh, that it can really pat like spread. It still has such a potential for spreading. Yes. So the articles from up your way are scary. Yeah. It's sad. Mm. Yeah. And we, you know, we, you know, my, my parents are elderly and it's, they're, they're not too far. So it's all, it's just, you know, Tricky times, right? We don't go visit them. It's super awkward, but it is what it is. It's just kind of dealing with it. It's the new norm. Yeah. I don't know if it'll ever feel normal. I hope not. But, but yeah, it's crazy times. It's true. Every day I go outside, when I do, if I do go outside and I'm walk, watch, walking around and seeing people in masks, it's just like, I can't get over it every day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it's I incredible. think I grocery store and I put my mask on I'm like this will not ever feel normal yes. that's two times you feel terrible if you don't at first I was yeah. like I'm mask. and then you're like I'm being rude that's how other people feel yeah. you're not protecting them right and you know and once most people started wearing it you're like I gotta yeah. I gotta do the right thing so yeah. Yeah. well New York New York requires it okay so but people are testing it testing the ruling very often. It, and it seems like more and more people are getting, it's getting, New York City's starting to resume, I guess, more people, more people moving around. And I think for a while, a lot of people who had country houses or houses out in the Hamptons had left New York City. And now you see it's starting to get a little more crowded. And Central, the nice day outside, Central Park is now getting a little bit more crowded and people are, are not wearing masks as often. So it's, it's gonna be, I'm curious to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. And how is it in Charlottesville? Is it is it still locked down for for a while? Yeah, and I think here, at least my experience, it seems like people are really on board with the plan. People seem to be really Good. trying to follow the rules, and yeah. everybody's you don't see anybody anywhere. I mean, the grocery store is really the only place everybody tends to go. They're trying to keep the restaurants open. A lot of people are ordering stuff. Um, I mean, a couple of staples places have closed down for good, which is super sad. And yeah, you know, it's just happening so much everywhere. I hate that. Um, but yeah, I think Charlottesville is being, it hasn't gotten bad here, whether it's just because not, you know, many cases haven't come here or people really have stayed kind of locked down both probably. Obviously we're all, all over the world hoping. I just saw an article actually that uh, Italy is starting to reopen. Okay, wow. So who knows? You guys may be able to take that trip. Yeah. Watching, right? And hoping that it goes well, all this reopening. Yeah. We get to be next. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe Tomas can go home and get out of Grant, Grant's house. <laughs> <laughs> Their videos are so funny. Yeah. Did you guys watch those? Oh, yeah. They're amazing. So He's got a few more up his sleeve. I think we're, we're trying to help him sort of plan those out and get him, get him out the door, which is really cool. Yeah. They're both hilarious, so it's good. Laurel, such a pleasure. We really appreciate it. That was really fun spending time with you guys. Yeah, thank you. And yes, Anna, thanks. 
party. <laughs> Thanks no, for the improvisational cool. visit. We really appreciate that. Yeah, too. that was that super was awesome. cool. The fans yeah. are going to love hearing from you guys. I know it's rare that you guys do this, so we do absolutely appreciate it and don't take it for granted. But we, we... Yeah. For you guys, thank you. And we appreciate the quick hello from, from Coach. Yeah. Well, yeah, only person we missed was Eli, but we had him on Sunday. There you go. A different show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. and, and we've got some special uh 2k you know comedy relief stuff coming we'll send it your way so okay. yeah yeah cool. and some and some masks as well <laughs> you this? Yeah. all right yeah they're, they're cool masks so listeners please don't forget subscribe to us on youtube and like us as well as follow us on twitter instagram and spotify and subscribe to us on apple as well Thanks for joining. Hey, for bye. Dub. Say it again. I said buy the gear. It's awesome. Thank you. Bye Thank you gear. for that Thank plug. You. Yeah. And which you can find on lockerroomaccess.com. Right. For T Dubs in Cali, Dougie Fresh, who had to leave us a little early, cross the river in Jersey City. I'm Mark Jerome in New York City, giving you locker room access. See you next time.